Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Josh, co-founder of Urban Valor. Welcome to another episode of the Urban Valor podcast. Our guest today is Marine Combat Veteran Ryan Polk. Ryan felt obligated to serve after the 9-11 attack on America. He enlisted in the Marine Corps as an infantry assault man. Ryan conducted multiple combat deployments and shares with us the time he and his unit were hunting down an enemy sniper in Fallujah as a kid was shot in the head by that Iraqi sniper while he was running up to Ryan. He also talks us through recovering a Marine killed in action from a canal in Iraq. And that's just a couple of stories Ryan shared from his time in service. If you enjoy this episode, go give us a five-star rating and leave a comment to help support our veterans. The bigger the community, the bigger the impact. If you'd like to contribute your story to Urban Valor or know anyone else who may, reach out to us on Instagram at Urban Valor TV, or you can email us at team at UrbanValor.com. Enjoy the show. All right, we're rolling. Dude, so uh, let's just continue that story you were talking about, man. And you, uh, you growing up in New Mexico, um, you were talking to me about uh, your brother getting shot. Right. Right. Yeah, no. Um, like I was saying, I was, that's pretty young, like little league age, right? Yeah. Uh, we win, you know, we win this game. Uh, my dad's at the game and, um, you know, it's happy. It's like a happy time, right? And, um, so my dad says, all right, he's like, all right, we got to go. You know, your, your brother just got shot. I think they're taking him to Albuquerque, right? It turns out he was at a park with, you know, three, four other people in his car. He's driving or I'm sorry, he's sitting behind the, you know, behind the wheel while they're parked. And, um, the guy behind him shoots him in the back. I don't know why or, or, or who or, or what or, or any of those details, but, but, you know, he drove himself to the hospital and, uh, you know, he ended up surviving, right? Yeah. But it was just kind of like his life was just of, it was just tumultuous, man. It was just, it was like a snowball of, of, uh, of, of bad things, you know? Yeah. And, you know, some of, a lot of that's just based on, on choices, you know, in your environment. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was a big motivation for me to, to kind of, to kind of get up from where I was at and, 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 and move on. Um, what part of, what part of New Mexico did you grow up in? Uh, Deming, New Mexico, Southern it, New Mexico. Is it, is it pretty rough or, uh, cause it sounds uh, like you're like your older brothers running around like kind yeah. of rough, right? Rugged. Was it kind yeah. of a rough neighborhood or it can be, yeah, it can be a rough area in general. There's a lot of, um, just uh, drug trafficking yeah. and, and stuff like that. And a lot of, a lot of people get into it in high school, uh-huh. you know, it's like 15 year old kid drive this, you know, from point A to point B, we'll give you a you know, a few thousand bucks. Right. <clears throat> I personally wasn't uh, involved in that, but I know people and like friends and classmates and stuff like that. Right. Who did, man. And that was just, you know, and they're, they're living good lives now. They're like normal. It's fine. That was just kind of the way things went back then. But, but there were, there were a lot of like obstacles I could see. Right. It's like, right. Well, don't go that way. Go, <laughs> go this way. It's like, it's almost like I had somebody kind of showing me the way a little bit, but, but through others, um, mistakes like you were learning from other people's mistakes absolutely yeah. that's that's kind of my whole story man that's that's how i've learned right anything is through watching other people fuck it up so were you were you um uh so september 11th played a big role uh is, is that role. what inspired you to go join the military yeah it was um i was like i was 17 still mm-hmm. and uh i was getting ready to go to one of my last classes of my senior year and um 
sitting there eating like a cinnamon roll or something like that. And I'm, I'm watching, uh, on our TV and I see the, the, uh, the second to- the second plane come in and hit the towers. And I'm like, no fucking way. Like, this is a movie, right? Like this is, this, it was un- unreal, right? Just as, as everybody else who saw it that day, uh, would think, but like, I felt attacked, right? Even though I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kid in New Mexico, thousands of miles away from this is going on. It has nothing to do with me. Right. But, but seeing that and then, and just the unity of that time is something that made me feel like, like I should go be a part of, of fighting for a country, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, that was a huge, a huge factor. What job did you pick? I signed up for uh, the infantry, right. To be an assault man. And that's like, uh, we do a demolition. uh, We do some breaching. We have the javelins. We have the small, um, and I mean, it's just one of the elements of, of, uh, of an infantry unit, you know, you got your machine gunners, you got your riflemen, mortarmen, right. you probably got a sniper team attached. Um, and then you have the assaultmen, right? The assaultmen, we're there, we're there to take out, uh, heavy armor buildings, things like that. But, um, you know, by the time we got to Iraq, there, there, there really, they didn't, you know, there was no armor, right? I mean, we're fighting against people in cars and, and, and and just kind of makeshift things like that. So <clears throat> we really didn't see too much, you know, we really didn't break out the, the, uh, the rockets and the missiles. Right. So it was just, everybody there was basically a rifleman, Yeah, a rifleman, you're a rifleman or a machine gunner. Right. Right. You know, so, so you sign up as a, a, a as an assault man and then, um, but you started off as, uh, uh, what, what I believe the Marine Corps calls a B billet, right? And fast mm-hmm. company. Yeah. Okay. So explain to people, man, what's, what's fast stand uh, for? Fast company is just, uh, basically a rapid deployable security defensive unit. Yeah. Right? So if, if there's an embassy or any other kind of, uh, like U.S. installation area, U.S. interest, say in uh, Yemen or somewhere and suddenly it gets attacked, right? Um, it's a force that they would use to, to go in and try to mitigate that. Um, although at the time, a lot of us in that, in the unit felt like we were, uh, extremely underutilized. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of training, but we weren't getting a lot of missions until <clears throat> we, uh, we got a, the bag, a Baghdad mission that was in what, what did I say? 2005. And well, just to let everybody know, uh, fast company and correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's, uh, like fleet anti-terrorism secure security team, right? right? Fleet anti-terrorism security. And team. that's like, it's basically like a fucking Marine Corps SWAT team, you know, if you will. Uh, that's, that's what I, they try to, that's what, that's what they'll say, right? That's, that's, that's how I see it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of close quarters combat, a lot of yeah. close quarters battle and close quarters stuff. combat. Yeah. Um, you know, anti-terrorist, uh, driving and evasion, right, right. Uh, different surveillance, okay. things like that. So it's a, it's a little like, I guess more kind of, uh, yeah. yeah. So you're 2005 Baghdad, right? right? It's 2005. First time, uh, first time in Iraq. And it's funny cause I don't know if you ever saw that movie, uh, Iron Eagles. I haven't. Or, I'm sorry. Hot shots. Excuse me. Yes. I have seen Hot that. Hot shots with Lewis Gossett and they've got like the guy playing Saddam and he's, they're kind of making a parody of it. Right. Right. That's that movie that was like one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. And that was like my idea of Saddam Hussein, right? Like this character from right. this movie. And, uh, so in 2005, uh, you know, we, we landed by op, uh, we don't have, there's really no vehicles to take us anywhere. So we're using, um, the airport shuttles, right. That are, that are still there at Baghdad international. We hop in those, 
<clears throat> we drive down route Irish, uh, in into Baghdad. Right. So, and I have really no idea where we're going to this point until we, we get to our destination and I get out of the vehicle. And, and, and as I do, I look up and there he is, Saddam Hussein, like 50 feet tall right there. His tower just looking right out over me. You know mm. what I mean? And, and, and then I look down and there's, there's like three more of the same statues at the court on the corners of his palace. And so that ended up being where we spent the next like six months, you mm. know, kind of there at the, uh, the, uh, Republican palace. Yeah. They were calling it at the time. Yeah. And that was, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of indirect fire rockets and uh, mortars and stuff like that. And, uh, got kind of boring, but the interesting thing about that deployment was, a. Uh, you know, like I said, we were in the palace and this is like the headquarters. This is like the white house of Iraq at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing everything that's going on. You're seeing the prime ministers like, you know, Rumsfeld, you know, Hillary Clinton was there. Uh, you know, Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> people, I, I can remember just, you know, we were out there. I'm actually, you know, I'm taking a shit one time in the, in the palace and I've got my rifle leaned up against the, <laughs> the door of the stall. And, uh, I see some feet next to me. Right. And I'm like, I've been awake for a while and I'm kind of delirious. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, how's it going? You know, it's like, <laughs> so like, Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? And it was like a real deep voice. And so both get out of the stall and it's a fucking uh, WWE wrestler right there. And it's like the most random, random thing ever. Uh, David Letterman, like, you know, outside of the walls, you have all this, there's like combat going on. There's warfare going on. And then it's just right in this little place, right in the middle of it all. It's like, nothing's even happening. Right. You know what I mean? There's people, there's, there's an Olympic sized pool and people are having parties and like oh, shit. drinking and chilling and shit like that. And they're like looking at us, like, like, who are you? What are you, <laughs> what are you doing here? You know? Right. But, uh, yeah, there was a, there's also like a lot of frustration, you know, because we, we, you're basically sitting there getting, getting targeted and rocketed and things like that. And you can't really do much about it. Right. Right. But yeah, the second deployment was another, uh, another combat deployment. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that was with, uh, two, two second Marines mm. out of Lejeune. And, um, like I said, I was there. That's when I, when I really got to kind of be the O three fifty one, Right. And, um, you know, I got to the unit and the two, two, man, they were, they were some seasoned dogs, man. Like in the deployment before I got there, they had like been through the shit and back again. Right. Right. So these guys had some experience I and mean, you could see it on their face. You know what I'm saying? So I got to the unit and I, and I was just, you know, I've I just kind of observed, right. It's like, you could see it, man. It's like when people come back from combat, there's a look on the face or you, I, you can tell, I don't know if it's just because we have, so we can see it, mm. but I could see it, you know? And so, they call it like that thousand yard stare. Yeah. Of deal, huh? Yeah. And so I was just, I was there to learn, man, but I'd also le learned a lot of, of useful stuff myself, uh, being in fast with like CQB and just marksmanship and, and, and training like that. So, <clears throat> so I was, I was able to help kind of sharpen that, that mm -hmm. area with these guys. And I, and I learned a lot from them. So I'm a team leader, uh, weapons company. And, um, we get to our, our first deployment, sorry. Our first deployment, uh, Camp Fallujah, Iraq. 
<clears throat> like Pollock, you're gonna go out with the, you're gonna go do the rip, right? Relief in place. So basically, that's just, you know, one person from the new unit going with um, uh, guys from the unit that are the existing unit, right? They're mm-hmm. gonna show you the ropes. So, so I'm riding along with them, and we're on a stretch of road, uh, route mobile between Baghdad and, and uh, Fallujah and securing that route. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just out on a, <laughs> on a patrol, like you said, nothing's routine. So, um, uh, so we're, uh, we're going down the road, you know, I'm checking my sectors, watching off to the right side. Uh, it's almost like, you know, like the stuff like happens in slow motion when you think about it again. And I look back to the front and the, there's a, a section of a, a section of the freeway it's in the air, right? And, and it's right when I see that that I hear the concussion of the blast, kapow, right? And um, the guys, the guys in the truck, they've been there a while, so they handle this shit right away. Boom, fifty cal swing, guy spots the spots the trigger, man. Boom, lays it down, not long enough for us to get out of the Humvees. You know, he stops. We take off across a field. You know, and it's muddy, and we're already wearing like a shit ton of gear. So it takes us a second. And while we're doing that, they start taking shots at us while we're running across the field. And so we get closer. Uh, we get eyes on these guys. They throw their shit in the car and <clears throat> get out. And as they're, as they're trying to make their escape, they drive even closer. And then the guy makes a hard, a hard left. And uh, he, he's already leaning over in his seat, right? So I see that. I, I have my, my M4 ACOG. I've got the dude... Like right here, I'm waiting for him just to kind of like come like right to my 12. And as I do, I almost like the same time as I put my, my eye in the, uh, in the sight, the dude like does his thumbs up to me. And almost as he does that thumbs up to me, he's like looking at me like, ha ha, motherfucker. That's when I, I'm like, boom, I squeeze off some rounds and I miss. Right. Mm. <laughs> and so he, he keeps on going and he's in an area to where, you know, there's civilians standing around. There's like, and uh, things like that. So it's not, you have to be careful, right? Right. You can't just shoot indiscriminately into, you know, a bunch of people because of one dickhead. So, mm-hmm. you know, but that was like uh welcome to Iraq, like the real Iraq, you know, that was my second time. It was like the real time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, were you fucking pissed that you missed? How did you feel after that? Like, I was like laughing to myself. Really? Yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was just like, fucking this fucking no shit like it was just it was just the whole the whole scene and the way everything kind of was and the the dude like giving the thumbs up and like that it was just like was just so the the, kind of speechless really yeah so (laughs) you saw so obviously the bridge or 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 the part of the freeway going up in the air you know that was an ied explosion right ied yeah there was a bomb so what they'll do is they'll take so a popular one was South African 155, 155 millimeter artillery shells, right? Mm. So those are the shells they fire out of whatever their version of like a howitzer is, right? Mm-hmm. Big. So they'll take those and uh, pack them full of explosives, right? It's most, most of the time it's homemade explosives. They'll tamp it in, put it under the road, you know, place it, and they'll detonate it with either like a remote detonator, or hardwired detonator, something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like guerrilla tactics, that's like their go-to yeah right? yeah and um and, and that was something we 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 faced often yeah right and that that was another frustrating part is i mean you can't you can't shoot back at an ied 
Right. Where you can't defend, you can't defend yourself against yeah. an IED. You know. Did anyone get hit with that? Uh, was that was that targeted at your convoy? Uh, that that specific one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did somebody Absolutely. anybody get hit with that? No, nobody got hit. Oh, okay. We were extremely lucky. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I remember right after right after that happened. That's that's the first thing that happened is the driver, or I'm sorry, the uh, the vehicle commander was reaching over, checking the gunner, right, mm-hmm. making sure he's good. He's good. Everything's good. So yeah. Yeah. There. There's. It, it's miraculous, man. What, sometimes what you can survive. We're going through um, uh, Zaydan, Iraq, one time, and. Uh, you can tell the shit's about to happen because it turned into a ghost town, right? So we're going through this market. Boom. Everyone leaves. <clears throat> we have a, a truck full of Iraqi uh, National Guard guys mm-hmm. out with us. And um, driving through the market and there's a piece of cowhide like draped over. It looks like a pull-up bar, right? It's like hanging on this, probably drying out. And um, at right as the Iraqi uh, truck right behind me drove past it. There's a there's an IED like wired to the like backside of this this like like cow skin right so we mm. we don't see it and it goes off right like head level on these guys and and it was loud right like I heard it we had some we had some frag we hit our Humvee and um you know boom boom adrenaline starts going and we get out and I look back at the I look back at this truck full of Iraqis and I'm expecting to see just carnage right and they're all laughing and dancing and, and they none of them can believe that that they're still alive you know but um yeah a lot of people man i mean you know that was that was probably that was the biggest and it really is kind of a you know kind of a psychological mind fuck right the ieds and things like that mm-hmm. it's like you don't know it's like you're defenseless and um that was a lot of I mean, that really kind of affected how we, our whole deployment, right? Um, yep. Uh, I think it was Ramadan uh, 2005. There was a, we've got, um, so I was in, as a 51, you're like in a uh, mobile assault platoon, right? Mm-hmm. So we're like, we move around on Humvees and things like that. Um, another one of our, our, um, our, our platoons, right. Driving around, uh, NWS, Nasr Was Salam, another small little kind of village outside of Fallujah. And we'd been going in and out of there, kind of patrolling it. We knew there was like, you know, there were, there were things going on there. Right. And so one night we're, we're actually off, right. We're on our off, like our sleep cycle. Boom. We get a call blue, blue, you know, blue guy hit, right. And it was um, uh, Staff Sergeant uh, uh, Pummel, it was uh, Lance Corporal Rizzoli, uh, Lance Corporal Swidek. They got hit with an IED, made, you know, that was supposedly made for an, uh, at Abrams. Mm. You know, um, what's it, tell people what an Abrams is, but not everybody. Oh, an Abrams is a is a tank. Yeah. An M one Abrams is an American tank. Yeah. Right? So, so that IED was meant to blow a fucking tank up. The black IED, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these guys got hit by it in a Humvee. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, they were all they all uh, were KIA, you know. But um, mm. like I said, we were back on our on our rest time at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
somebody was like, hey, man, you got to come out here and help him get all this shit inside. Because right where they got hit wasn't far from the base. Boom. So, you know, the guys who were there gathered up everything they could, put it in bags, you know, plastic trash bags, brought it back to the fob. And um, I'm looking in the trash bags and it's like, you know, pieces of Humvee equipment. And there's, you know, there's, they were just inside of a vehicle where, where that had happened. So you can imagine what everything is covered in, right? Everything's, and it has a smell, right? The smell of burnt flesh, smell of blood, smell of, of gunpowder in this bag. And it was just, from that point on, the, the entire mood of the deployment changed, right? Everything, you know, up until that, it wasn't bright, all, you know, all bright and sunny, but it was, there was a little brightness to it. After this happened, it was kind of, it was game, like serious business, right? Kind of game on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, that's the beginning of Ramadan. The next, this is, uh, I believe the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Next day. Right. Um, easy company is out again in Zaydan and, um, like everybody's moving like in Humvees, right? Eleven's everybody. Right. Just too much ground to cover to try and like walk everywhere. Were you guys in seven tons as well? No, the only time I I remember being in a seven ton was actually was leaving, going, like going, going to, uh, flying out, like leaving the country, okay. going to the airport right. at night, like trying, you know, but, um, so we got, we got the, uh, word easy company got hit right. And these Marines, uh, they got hit and sometimes what'll happen is when you get, they get hit with the IEDs, it'll, uh, it blows all the doors open and everything out of the Humvees. Right. Mm. Some kind of, but anyway, um, the corporal and a, and a captain were blown into the canal and they were, they couldn't find anything. Um, one of the units, even they, they had the seals in there to try and, uh, to try and, you know, do a dive with, the, with their scuba gear and stuff like that, see if they could find anything. And I don't think that was su- successful. So I think the only thing found were, um, were body parts, basically nothing really that we, they could use for identification. Right? Mm. These guys are missing in action. Um, so we're out there, we kind of cordoned off this section of the canal and we're sitting out there. feels like over 24 hours. Right. And, uh, the people in the village think that because all this, while this is going on, the canal is being drained. So hopefully we can see what's at the bottom and find and find this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So people think, but people think we're trying to take their water, mm-hmm. which was not the case at all. So there's people going up, coming up to the canal, trying to fill up whatever they can doing that. And we're thinking that we're like, no, we can't, we can't let anybody get close. Cause if they, if they pick up a body part, a uniform or something like that, that's just going to be, you know, that's at a time when, when all those propaganda videos were like going strong, you know? Mm. And, um, so it was, it was, it was kind of tense. <clears throat> so I'm sitting in the, in the Humvee and probably about like uh, 25 yards in front of me, there's a footbridge, right? That's what they use, like what a sheep herder will walk a sheep across and something like that. It's real narrow, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing, uh, too elaborate. And, uh, I'm watching this guy walk across the, uh, the footbridge. It's a racky man. And, um, he stops for a moment, looks down towards the water and then he's visibly distraught after that. And I could see that from that distance and he kind of freaks out and takes off running. And, uh, I'm like, well, what's this all about? So I, I run after him. I, I grab a hold of him. And, um, he's like, 
he's freaking out, right? And uh, he's 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 sh like shaking. And I'm, I'm like, what's going on? You know, he obviously doesn't understand me, and I don't understand him. But until he grabs my uniform, he's like, he's like, Jundi, 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 you know. And Jundi is, is soldier in Arabic. And right away, I, I you know, I, I kind of, I got the idea what was going on, and I just kept saying, where, you know, like where. He just kept pointing towards towards that footbridge. Mm. Boom! So I take off. I run towards the footbridge, <clears throat> and. Uh, like I was saying, man, this water, it was like, it, it looked like chocolate milk, like up until like then. Mm. Right. And I'm like, I walk up to the bridge and I'm, I'm, I'm looking around in there and I see him and it's like, it's like, God was like, there, there he is. I mean, like you see like how the sun, the sunlight comes through the clouds. Like I was telling, telling you that and that's what was happening. The sun was coming down and the, and the rays in the water was just so clear and it was exactly right on um, the Marine's body, right? Mm -hmm. And I could see him lying in the, uh, in the fetal position, all his gear on and everything. Nothing, he didn't even look like anything had happened to him, right? <clears throat> but I jump in and into the canal and uh, as soon as I do, my feet, you know, my feet hit the bottom, all the dust or all the mud at the, the bottom of the canal kicks up, can't see anything. And so I start feeling around, feeling around with my hands. Boom. I got, got my hands on his chin strap. Uh, you know, start pulling on the chin, pulling on his chin strap. And then I realized it's probably not a good thing to do. Right. And, um, so, you know, the, his, his body's too waterlogged at that point and too heavy with all the gear on it for me to lift it out from underneath the water. So another Marine jumps in, um, and, uh, helps me get him out. And, uh, we, we drag him out, we drag him onto the shore. Like I said, he still had all his gear on everything, helmet, chin strap buckled. Yeah. yeah I think he even had his, a rifle slung if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, but, um, uh, you know, it was really, that was like really another time because that's when you see, I mean, it's different. Like you hear about people being killed and people dying like that. But when you're looking at, at the, at somebody wearing your same uniform, you know, yeah, another one of you there. I mean, that's, it really, it changes the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I and, bet. Uh, and then, you know, not only just seeing them, but like having to get down there and get your hands on them and recover them, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, um, yeah, I was, I was pretty shook after that, man. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like I said, just seeing, you know, one of your, yeah, like I said, man, seeing somebody in your in your same uniform, right? Yeah, it's you like, oh, it's it, like, it's like this is this is this is reality, man. It's like yeah. you're looking at a fucking reflection of you, exactly, like, right, like man. you know, shit didn't have nobody's name on it. If that was you. It's in his position right. and that would be you right there and it know? might be it, yeah. it, it, it very well could have been so you guys got him out there there was did you guys get both of the uh, marines out no it's as, as far as i know that like as i said that um i'm not sure about the captain yeah 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 and, that's and rough it, it, yeah at the time there were uh like i said the ied problem was fucking off the charts so 
So none of the higher ups, commanders or anything like that are riding around in a Humvee, right? They're going to take a helicopter everywhere. Mm. So our battalion, battalion commander flew in on a heli- on a helicopter while we were all driving, getting blown up to retrieve, you know, the body and take it back to base. So, mm. you know, at that time, that, that was the most important thing to get him back. So yeah, I'm glad they did. And, and, uh, it was heavy, man. Like I could see, yeah, I, I could see that whatever was living, what was living in the water was starting to eat off of his body, mm. you know? And, um, yeah, you can't really prepare yourself for anything like that. Like, you know, like I said earlier, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to the infantry and I'm going to, you can only expect so much because there's things you can, you can see and do that will blow your mind. Like that you can never imagine anyway, mm-hmm. you know, that you could never see yourself in that place, you know? And it's, right. um, yeah, like I said, it was, it was, it was, whew, and it was, it was some shit, right? Yeah. You know? And, um. Yeah, I'm just glad I was there. And also, I mean, I know it was the most, you know, Marines and, you know, military in general, you know, we don't leave nobody behind. That's you absolutely know, right. It's up to us. And so not only I think was it the most important thing to you guys at the time, but um, also the fucking family, man. Like, yeah. I can't put myself in the position of, you know, being a, a mother, a father, brother, sister, you know, whatever, a family member hearing about your loved one, you know, missing an action and not knowing where he is, not being yeah. able to like see him or her, uh, not being, you know, the possibility of not being able to get closure if you can't find, uh, you know, that person or the Marine or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. imagine what the family would, ha- you know, at least, now you know the get closure like oh they brought him back we could have this funeral we could you know uh have this memorial all this stuff but yeah i just couldn't imagine what it would be like um to not get that kind of closure and just wonder like you know forever you know i wonder where my 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 kid is or my brother is or my cousin you know people living that right now you know yeah yeah you know after after three uh three marines from our company uh go down the one from easy, we get called to go to Fallujah. We've got two, two, uh, two weeks left on this deployment. You know, you know, two weeks at the, when you got two weeks left on a deployment, it's like, fuck it, let's go. You know, you're going to yeah. kind of drop your pack, right? Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, so we're, there's a sniper in Fallujah, right? And, and so this is, so let me go back before this. <clears throat> we get a DVD, right? Uh, we get a DVD, we pop the DVD and they show it to us. And what it is, it's, 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 it's snuff videos of us, right. Of the insurgents filming themselves shooting Marines. Mm. And so, and, and the guy behind the rifle is some sort of sniper, right. And we don't know where, they don't know where he's coming from, anything like that. But it turns out he was doing it like from a trunk of a car, kind of like DC sniper style. But, um, he's, he's, he's getting so close to, to these Marines to shooting them in places like, you know, where the, where the Kevlar doesn't cover like in the armpits or like in these little gaps of armor, right. It's super accurate and super close. Cause people are saying it sounds like the shot is coming from like 25 yards away. Right. So somehow they're getting real close to these guys and it's all on video. They're making videos of it. There's the music playing, you know, I don't know if you've seen that kind of thing, but, um, so we get sent to Fallujah to go help and try and like tamp down that problem. Right. And, uh, 
like going after snipers is not what you want to be doing. You know, mm. you're kind of like, you're going to be the shit into the stick right on that one. And, um, you know, we're there in, in, uh, Fallujah, they told us, you know, they could poss possibly be in a, in a black BMW, right? Everything you hear over there is black BMW. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, there's a black BMW circling our position, right? We're in, we're kind of in a, like in a, in a neighborhood, kind of an outcropping of buildings. Right. And, um, He's driving around the area, so we're like going down alleys, building, you know, bounding in between buildings, trying to get a shortcut to get a, to get the to get an eye on this on this vehicle. <clears throat> and uh, as I'm doing that, you know, I've got my corpsman with me, my my boy Doc, and um, you know, we're running, we're bounding like through these alleyways. He's covering me. Boom! I run by a tap. We keep going, and then we decide to go back, right? And like shots start going off. Right. So my legs start moving a little faster. <laughs> and so I'm running and I, and I miss his shoulder when I, like I go to tap him to let him know, man, like, all right, pick up, come on. And so I have to go back. Right. Boom. And I, this is like, basically I'm just kind of like sl sliding back the other way to boom. Hey, let's go. And, um, I get my feet back under me. I take off running right there. And then, um, I'm running down the, you know, down the street and this kid, this kid, this little kid starts running towards me and the kids are always curious, right? Mm -hmm. They want to touch your gear. They want to you know, mystery and all this stuff. <clears throat> I could see that's what he was coming to do. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like yelling. I'm like, get the fuck back. Like, you know, I got my hand out like that. And as I put my hand out like that, the kid's head explodes, you know? And, uh, he falls on the street. It's, you know, we immediately, you know, we keep, we keep going, you know, we keep going. We, uh, I think we, we made our way through the, through some gates, went into a courtyard and then, uh, kind of regrouped. And, um, after that, we, you know, we, we came back out, we're looking around, um, the mother's in the street wailing. Mm. The father's out there. The street, there was a lot of water on the streets that day. And that day, all the water was full of blood from mm. that, from that, from that kid. And, uh, uh, we just, I mean, it's just, it takes, the notch goes up again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, who shot the kid? We don't know. Wow. Yeah. Just fucking kids just, just running right water. at you and yeah. he's fucking just boom, just it sounded like the shot was like the shot went off, I could like feel it, right? That's how fucking close it yeah. felt. You yeah. felt that little snap. Yeah. Fucking I felt that little snap. I looked at the and the, the fucking black BMW. I don't know, right, about this black BMW, but it's parked in an alley right there, close by. And as soon as that as soon as it goes out, boom, this thing fucking spins the wheels backwards and gets the fuck out of there, right? Wow. So I don't know. So you, it may have been that sniper. Uh, it could have been. Oh, I mean, fuck, you know, man. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And so, so how old do you think this kid was? This is the boy, man. Mm. You know, and, um, so we're in the, I'm, I'm standing in the street and there's the, the, the water in the streets full of blood. And, uh, the dad walks up to me and he's, he's crying. He's like, why, why, why? And he, he shows me the round. He gives me, he puts a round in my hand. It's just a mushroom round, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, why? And he like puts a round in my hand. And I'm like, 
I'm trying, I'm trying to tell them it wasn't us. It's, we're not, this is not, you know, we're getting shot at from like different fucking, you know, buildings and shit like that. And, um, you know, it's just, it's like a, I mean, at that moment, it's say you're, you're looking around because it feels like something is about to come down on us, right? Uh, we get the, the, they get the army psyops in there. They come in, talk to them with their speakers and things like that, you know. Um, and then we're, we're waiting on the outside, uh, while that's going on. And by that, you know, we're still getting like pot shots. I mean, it's not anything too crazy, but, uh, another one of our, uh, squad leaders is standing by his, standing by his Humvee and, uh, he, he, he hears what he, and feels what he think is a Coke bottle hitting him in the foot, you know? And then he looks down and it's a fucking, it's a Russian grenade, mm. right? And it's still, instead of having a pin on him, they put, they'll put like the, like the end of a water hose over it mm. to hold it together. And whoever threw it didn't pull that off. So it didn't, it ended up not going off on him and, you know. Oh shit. Yeah. So man. it hit his foot from somebody. He didn't just step on it. Somebody no, tossed it at him. Yeah. Cause they're parked next to like a, next to a fence. Right. So it mm. came over the fence, rolled up, rolled under the Humvee and then rolled into his foot. Oh, it didn't go man. off. You know? So yeah, it was, it was a, that was just one day, man. Like, and that thing was, was that thing was fucked from the get go. It's like, um, we had a Marine open up a faulty, uh, a flashbang grenade blew blew all his fingers off. Mm. You know, like right right before, like we're supposed to be doing all this stuff, and it was just kind of like, like like at the time you didn't I didn't really, you don't really notice these sequence of events, but then here we are, like what sixteen years later, like then then you see it's like wow, yeah, you know, yeah, when you're putting it all together, right at the time, it's yeah. just you're just dealing with incident. Like as it, they they happen, you're just dealing with that situation at the time, and then once you deal with that, you're off to the next situation. So yeah, and then now talking about it, you're like fucking, you know. Well, yeah, I didn't I didn't realize till till just the other day that all that kind of happened within like days of each other, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was man. And you know, like like I said, there was a lot of a lot of frustration because a lot of this is a uh, is IED attacks, and there's not a lot of lot you can do about that, right? There's yeah. nothing you can take it out on, like people. Or, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, you know, you know. I know that. Um, that I don't know. D- d- did you experience this? I know. Um, you know, once they start to learn, you know, our standard operating procedures and stuff about you know getting hit with the IED, getting out, sweep, you know, going and assessing the area. Oh yeah. There's a lot of the secondaries. You know, Absolutely. a lot of people are getting hit with the secondary IEDs. Yep. And that was really fucking people up because now we're outside of the fucking Humvees and all that. And, yep. you know, um, that was really fucking a lot of people up. Yeah. 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 Secondaries were no joke. Yeah. And uh, after that day, we found, uh, recovered the the Marine uh, from the Canal Road. It turns out there was a fucking IED on the Canal Road that we were waiting on that didn't go off either. Fuck. You know, so. Dude, then, imagine, imagine like just, just imagine how many IEDs you've probably rolled over that didn't fucking go off. You know what I mean? Uh, Cause yep. not, you know, I'd, I'd imagine there's more that didn't go off that, that do, you know what I mean? I think oh, yeah. most of them are probably faulty, but just not, oh, yeah. just imagine like not knowing, having no fucking clue how like 
all these little moments that you were just that close to fucking getting hit like yeah. that, you know? Yeah, and there was um yeah, there was a there was a time uh where the there was one there was a some kind of aircraft bomb rigged up as an IED and only the blasting cap went off. So we're driving by pop instead of a boom, that's all you hear, you know. You just mm-hmm. hear the blasting cap, you know, by went by checked it out. Yeah. And it's faulty detonation. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. You know, um yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, you know, and I went back after all that. I went back as a as a civilian. Okay. So you get out. Yeah. You get out. Uh, and what was that like? Did you you went back? You went back as a civilian as a contractor, right? Military contractor. Yeah, I had. I had so war is a drug, man. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. uh at the time, that's that's. I was just kind of addicted. Mm. It's like adrenaline, right? I don't, I don't say that to like brag or anything like that. Or it's just like like you get into a place where you feel like you belong, and you feel like like everything you do, man. Everything I, I it's just kind of like contributes to something in that world, whether that's like you surviving or the other person surviving. Your, your purpose is is huge, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what it is, right? You feel like you have this this tremendous purpose, and I and I felt I kind of still felt like that. Uh, after I got out and I had terminal leave, so technically I was still in the Marines when I started training, um, with like, with a contracting company, you went right into it. I went right into okay. it and I, I couldn't wait, like, you know, <clears throat> and, uh, so I went there, did that, uh, found myself back in, uh, Baghdad again. Mm. Um, yeah, we're on a, we're on a mission there. Uh, again, IED and ambush. Uh, one of our guys ends up getting hit and it's, it's one of those, one of those hits where there's really not much you can do anything about. Right. Uh, so as we're, we're being shot at, um, our guy goes down a drag, you know, he's too heavy to carry again. Right. So I have to grab a hold of the back of his vest and then I grab, I put like, part of my, the rest of my body is like holding on to the back of the pickup truck, right? We're using the pickup truck to drag, drag him off the X. <clears throat> we get him off the X and I'm, 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 I'm working on him. Um, you know, and I go to, I go to raise his head and my, my hand went inside of his skull, like up to my wrist. Right. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, uh, it was not good. And so, I'm doing what I can. There's like shit going off in the background. Um, and like, I'm ready to just like, I'm like, I'm like ready to go. Right. Ready to engage whatever I got to do. Um, and I see like, just this like traffic is stopped on the road. Right. And I look and I'm like, you know, I just, I see that. And then same, same time I've got this guy's head right here. Right. And, um, my rifle's right here. It's slung around me. And I look at, and I look behind me and I could see somebody standing behind me. Right. And I could see there wasn't one of us. So I click my weapon off safe. Right. And I turn around cause I'm going to shoot this fucking whoever this is standing behind me and they're gone. Right. And I, and I, and I hear a voice in my head louder than anything, almost like a person is like inside of my head telling me, Hey man, like as I'm looking down at my, at, my teammate right here bleeding out 
Um, I don't really want to go into detail on that. Just, you know, but, um, you can imagine I, the, the voice, it's like a voice in my head tells me, man, it's like, and it's like a very, like, it sounds like another person, right? It's like, Hey man, like, like one of my friends sounds like, Hey man, maybe it was him telling me that, Hey man, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here, man. Mm. You're going to be next dude. You got to stop this shit. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Almost was, like that's him out of his body. Like saying, Hey, Get the fuck out of here, dude. That's what like, I felt like. It was such like a, such a loud and clear voice. Man. That's crazy, yeah. dude. That's wild. I, I, that was, uh, yeah, at the end of that day, man, I took my pants off there. I had, I had so much blood all, on my pants that, you know, they stood up by the, on the, on their own. Mm. So, um, man. Yeah, it was, it was, like say, man, some things you look back and you're like, "Fucking, hey, did that shit happen? That shit yeah. didn't fucking happen, man." How old were you at this time? You just got out of the Marines, dude, dude. Yeah, I was still twenty two. Twenty fucking two years old, bro. Yeah. I mean, compared to what most twenty two year olds are fucking doing, like, and you know, in our world, in our country, like, you know, not saying that they need to experience this, but man, that's just something fucking else, man, to have to experience that, like. Yeah. You just kind of grow up real fucking fast. Real fucking quick, dude. You know, talk to me a little bit about transitioning, man. You uh, Obviously, you, you know, you, you, you're in, you get out, and you, get, you go right into contracting. So it's almost like you're not really out because you're surrounded by fucking, I, I imagine everybody's a vet, like a fucking most likely oh, yeah. combat vet. Yeah. Um, so you kind of didn't have time to, to, to deal with the transition and uh, at that time. But what about when you stopped contracting? Um, and you know, did there ever come a time when you got some downtime and all this shit that you experienced in the military and contracting caught up to you? Yeah. Uh, I think we all have always kind of drank a little too much. Right. But something like that definitely kind of adds to it, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, there, there's a lot of things, man. Like it's like it, it's kind of a, it's a hard question, like a hard question. But it's like I mean, yeah, I, I think there was so much going on that I didn't even realize how much was going on. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 how I think it. What was happening there? What I think is that we get so accustomed to that feeling that it becomes the new norm. Like, yeah. if, so if you ask me, hey, are you am I feeling anxious? Are you feeling this? It's like. No, nah, I'm just feeling how I always I feel. feel. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. for some people, eventually there comes a point where like, wow, like I am feeling this shit. This did affect me. Uh, you know, maybe they come across a, 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 you know, a treatment. Like for me, I went and got the Stan Ganglia block SGB shot in my neck after listening to mm. Dakota Meyer talk about it on Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. When I got that, dude, I walked out of the fucking hospital, the VA in Long Beach crying because I I hadn't felt like it felt like they sucked all the worry, all the anxiety out of my fucking body. And I hadn't felt like that for so long. And I'm like, wow, this is what it fucking feels like to just be calm and relaxed and not worried and not anxious about nothing. And (laughs) you know what I mean? That's when I that's when I realized, like, holy fuck, like. Like that's been normal for me all these fucking years. And yeah. I, you just don't think nothing of it, you know? Um, it's, it's strange, right? You think you have yourself in check. You think, I mean, I, I consider myself a self-aware a self person, right? Right. 
try my best. Um, but there's just some things you can't separate yourself far away from, enough from to really get an objective look at it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you do to kind of cope with those feelings? Um, you know, for some people, it's exercise. I know you fucking get after it. You know, we just got crazy yeah. on the fucking beach not too long ago. Um, uh, is it going after a goal? You know, I know you said you did a little bit of time at Harvard and film school. Like, yeah. or, or did those things help you out? Or, they, you know, absolutely. What, yeah. Yeah. And then, then just, just art and, and, yeah. and, and film and uh, writing, write a lot. You know, just keep I keep it moving, dude. Yeah, and um, I think writing's a um, yeah. I think writing writing is a, a lot more impactful than people think. Yeah, um, you know, I listen to Jordan Peterson a lot. Um, he has some quote. I, you know, I'm gonna fuck it up right now, but it's something about like if you can become uh, good at uh, uh, writing, um, like I think it's speaking and reading or something like that, like you, you will become absolutely fucking dangerous. Right. Yeah. And so writing essentially is pretty much, uh, you taking your thoughts out of your head and putting them on fucking paper and take and, and creating more space in your, Dude, in your mind. You know it's, what I mean? it's huge. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't mention it, but that's what I did every time, man, when I was in Iraq, every time something would happen every time, you know, there, I mean, there was, there was a lot of time we didn't see shit because you know, combat that it goes like that. Yeah. Boring to holy fuck. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, um, yeah, every, every time after something like that would happen, dude, I, I'd write it. I go back to the hooch man and I write it in a journal. Mm. You know, I, I would write what I witnessed. I was always fucking blown away by the bravery of like these Iraqi guys that like did decide to like fight with us and like our interpreters and things like that. Those, that's one. Now that I mentioned it, man, my interpreter's the guy I'll never forget, dude. Mm. You know, he's out there. There's a, you know, we're 21 year old fucking dudes out there and he's a 20 year old 21 year old dude out there we have we've never met each other in our life we don't speak the same fucking language we're definitely not from the same neighborhood we're not from the same country we're not from the same i mean we're, we're just i mean we're worlds apart right mm -hmm. but when it came down to it dude that, that guy would pick up a rifle and, and protect our life man and mm -hmm. we would do and we did the same for him and 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 you know that's like the kind of stuff you're like eternally grateful for yeah, and I mean, we never, and we never, I never knew, we never knew what happened to him. After that, after we left, it was just like, you know, keep in touch. He gave us an email, you know, uh, several of us emailed him. Yeah. We don't get any responses. So, you know, we all go to thinking that he's not around anymore. And that may very well be the case, but. Dude, it takes some balls, right? Because, fucking balls, you know, man. here we are over there and we know, I mean, yeah. You hope that you're going to make it back, right? But but you know that eventually if you, if you stay alive, you're, you're coming leave. back. You're leaving this place whereas these guys are like you're never leaving. They're fucking helping you and we're going to leave them and they're yeah. going to stay there and have to deal with the fucking consequences yeah. maybe of that. You yeah, know, not to mention I mean these guys they don't, you know, they wear ski masks and uh you know, they hide their identities, right? They're working in the same they're, they're working amongst their people. Yeah. Right. Their life is, is probably more at risk than ours. Right? Mm -hmm. And whatever gets uh, revenge gets like exacted upon them from, from, you know, whatever insurgency is, is probably going to be, is, is going to be far worse. Cause it's not only going to be them, it's going to be their family and it's going to be, you know? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I, I always wonder what happened to him. Yeah. Hero. Is what his name was. This is like his nickname. Oh, yeah. Hero? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, we're getting ready to cut the tape, man. Um, 
you know, it's been a little bit over an hour. Yeah, it goes by <laughs> uh, quick. It goes by fast, huh, man? And and I'm sure you got plenty of fucking more stories. Like what, when you're driving home, you're gonna think about like, <laughs> fuck, I didn't even mention this or mention yeah. that. And so, yeah. you know, we could always do follow up ones, dude. And uh, yeah. you know, it's 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 good to get you here, man, talking. Thank you, um, thank, thank you, you for fucking being here. Thank you. Man. Um, Thanks for bringing me into the yeah, world. Yeah, man. Uh, but before we cut it, man, I'd like to give everybody opportunity. If you have any last words, um, you know, any advice for maybe someone getting out of the, the military or maybe struggling with, you know, some of the shit we fucking deal with. I'm telling you, man, one thing that, that, that's been like, it's like, I think it's fucking awesome. Is It's just these beach workouts, man. It's mm -hmm. veteran Tuesday workouts. And Matt, Will, and those guys, it's like, Dude, that's that's like starting something, man. I mean, that all that that like all the physical stuff is like is 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 like a bonus, right? I'm I'm there ninety nine point nine percent for the mental mm -hmm. aspect, yeah. Because we keep each other going, man. It's like, yeah. and it's only a workout, dude. But this, is, but it, but it, you know, you keep doing it for a while. It's like, all right, I'm gonna be here on this date because I don't want to let these dudes down, mm -hmm. or I'm gonna like do that. You know, it's like I'm I'm about to fucking pass out right now, but I don't want to let them down. It's like yeah. you kind of. It kind of still lives on, man, and it reminds you like who the fuck you are, dude, and like yeah, that you still you, st you got yeah. a lot of fight in you still, man. Awesome, brother. Hey, uh, thanks for fucking taking a seat, man. It's a big contribution for uh, uh, you know for what we're doing here, and um, you know everybody that sits in the seat and tells their story is really the fucking backbone of what we're doing here at Urban Valor. So I appreciate you know, it, hope I didn't mumble too much. Nah, man, you're good to go, bro. <laughs> thanks, thanks again, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Push it to the limit, I can't go no more